Freeze. You'll never get away with this. Ice to see you, Batman. Wait, seriously? You're like a PhD, dude. You couldn't come up with anything better than ice to see you? I thought it was pretty cool. Oh my god. Alfred thinks of better things in the shower. You shower with your butler? No, shut up. No, this is this is important. You shower with your butler? Not cool, man. And Robin! <laughs> <laughs> everyone welcome back to draft the universe this is the nerd fight battle royal it's a podcast where we pick a topic pick our favorites and then fight to the death or maybe just for bragging rights i'm jafer i'm ben and i'm chris (laughs) no i'm ben (laughs) and i'm chris and i'm not entirely okay with that butler thing uh meaning it's just are we shaming butler showers right now oh no no totally not like i'm totally cool with that scene everything it's it's about the power dichotomy it's ben ben the butler shower scene is all about safe sane and consensual um all of the butlers involved are being uh are are participating of their own free volition it's kind of something like vor where people like they really love to experience it not everybody can afford a butler what i am concerned with though is is that jaffer is on one side of this issue very clearly um so, Jafar, are you, do you shower with your butler? There's no way I can possibly answer that question without my wife getting mad at me, and you know it. There's no way your wife is going to listen to this episode. You're oh. in the clear. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. All right, well. I guess that's true. Yeah, I just want everyone, I just want to make sure that it's clear that everything's consensual. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's cool. But. All right. But are you into butler showers? I mean, I guess I haven't, I haven't had one to know. Well, yes, but like like I said, like Vor, a lot of people are into it. They can't really experience it for themselves. They watch YouTube videos. Have you watched YouTube videos? Of butler showers? Yeah. Is that on YouTube? I'm let's, sure it let's is. Let's not find out, guys. <laughs> um, we've got some debating to do about plenty of things that are worse to watch than wait, butler showers on YouTube. Wait, debating? De- Chris, this is butler material. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <sighs> All right, we got a bunch of debating ahead of us here, and the first match is Ben versus Chris. All right, so how about we open up this old movie reel tin? All right. Also, I just want to start off by saying, oh, some of these were hard to watch. Yeah. Hold on a second. We have to lock them in first. Yeah, let's lock them in, and then we'll talk about how difficult these were to watch. Okay, who goes first? I believe I do. Ben. All right, So, we're starting off at the very beginning. I'm starting off with Wolverine Origins. All right. And who better to battle Wolverine than a bunch of weird European dudes basically inventing the game of soccer? I guess. I don't know. Still. United Passions. All right. And speaking of personally finding these hard to find, your criteria is, what was the most interesting review you could find for your movie? Well, 
I don't necessarily agree with it because he's uh, somebody who gave it a fresh review on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but Roger Moore of the Tribune News, uh, and this is important because when you are a uh, certified reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes, you pick what sentence appears. His sentence is adequate. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. No punctuation. No, uh, <laughs> no, nothing before, nothing after. Adequate. <laughs> All right. I, I disagree, but... <laughs> oh, I disagree as well, but it was the most interesting thing I found. Okay. Chris? Um, <laughs> so I just want to say, make a quick statement about this, about my film. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Um, my film is truly, truly ghastly. Um, it is fucking awful. I only made it through about 35 minutes of it because it was... Way too much white guys patting themselves on a back where people of all colors have been, like, succeeding and making wonderful things happen. Um, And it's essentially a gigantic paid advertising for uh, a dude who was on trial for corruption at the time. So I want to make it clear. I might laugh about this film. I find it morally reprehensible, and I think that everybody involved with it made a terrible decision. Chris loves FIFA and is a racist. We got it. So this is just like, I'm just like, this is the first review on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes, sorry. Okay. Hey, you say tomato, I say tomato. One of those rare films so unfathomably ghastly, where I found that word, (laughs) you could write a better one while sitting through its interminable 110 minutes. (laughs) So it's 110 minutes. It's not even two hours long and you couldn't make it through it? (laughs) That is, that is bad. It's, I, okay, so here's the thing. They do these time jumps in this film, um, because it it, it starts before the First World War, and, (laughs) yes. When did you give up? Did they start, they started playing soccer yet when you gave up? (laughs) So here's the thing. It takes them about uh, 20 minutes to actually show fucking soccer, Aside from this weird framing story that's going on through the whole film where there's, like, a couple of, like, kids of different skin colors and a girl, like, clearly a diversity play. And they're playing, like, soccer on this, like, dirt field in what looks like post-Soviet, post, uh, like, Russia someplace, just, like, abject poverty. But, oh, but, but soccer is, is also great. Football, yay. And it's fucking awful. I can't stress it how much... How much this film is so fucking awful. I gave up um, just before World War II. Um, so it started It started in about, I think, 1908. And I think that I made it until like 1937. But wow. the thing about these, these time gaps is they're not incredibly well um, uh, portrayed. So occasionally you miss one of them. Because it's just, it flashes a date, right? It flashes a yeah. date in the corner. And if you blink and you miss that date, you find yourself thinking that this film has, like, gotten things terribly, terribly wrong. Where basically, it's like 1908, right? Mm-hmm. And then I miss the date flash when they go to, to post-World World War One, And the guy is saying, how can we have these people playing soccer together when they have just been fighting in the trenches? And I'm just like, that didn't happen yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? They got it right, but like they just flashed the date just like one second too, 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 too briefly. Too, too briefly, briefly, yes, briefly. Um, so yeah, okay. So sorry, 
Uh, rant aside, I just need to make my feelings known about this film. It was awful. I didn't even get to the part with Tim Roth in it. And I like <laughs> Tim Roth. Yeah, isn't Tim Roth and Sam Neill in this? Yeah, they're both. I didn't get to either of them. <laughs> I couldn't make it. All right. Um, um, I get that that's bad, but is it CGI claws bad? Okay, well, here's the thing is both these reviews are interesting in their own way. Um, but as far as which one makes me go wonder what is going on in the reviewer's mind, uh, I have to give it to Ben. Uh, adequate with a fresh rating <laughs> for Wolverine Origins. Did, did someone, like, kidnap him in the middle of that review and he just, like, hit a couple buttons and said, okay, did he not actually watch the movie? I need to know what happened there. Okay. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I, I'd like to enter into the uh, into into the opus of, of critical film reviews. My review of United Passions, if I may. Yeah, mm-hmm. go for it. Why isn't this illegal under the Geneva Convention? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's that's that would be my review. Now I don't remember if I talked about this on the last episode, but Wolverine Origins has an important place in in my in my life. Uh, it was my wife and I's second date. And I am so lucky she was willing to see it, to have a third date um, after that train wreck of a movie. It's real bad. It's so you you bad. did redeem it, though, right? You went and saw, you watched something else afterwards? Yes, afterwards we went back to my apartment and watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Which is a great movie everyone should see. <laughs> and and think, that's why you got the third date. I think you, mis- I think you misspoke, Ben. I think you said watched. I think what you meant to say is nothing. You went back to your apartment and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Third date. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody can can uh, can have have uh, relations after watching Wolverine Origins. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I don't want to put this to the test, gentlemen. <laughs> the next match, all right, is Chris versus Jafar. Okay, reaching into this uh, film tin. Let's see, oh, first we gotta lock it in. Lock it in. Lock so. it. Chris, pop, pop, what is your pick? Pop, I'm going to go for... Waterworld. Waterworld. Hmm. And Jafar? I mean, if we're going to talk about bloated 90s blockbusters that didn't turn out as anyone was hoping, I'll go Battlefield Earth. Isn't that from the Ots? Is it? It's got to be from the Ots. I thought it was like 99. I mean, Waterworld is so good that it could have came out yesterday during our current golden age of cinema. Ben. I, I, I agree. Waterworld is a better movie than I think we're going to give it credit for here in a moment. <laughs> oh, now, 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 Battlefield be, Earth was 2000. Okay. To be clear, I went back and I, and I watched a little bit of, of Waterworld. I didn't have enough time to watch all of my films, especially after having to like go into intense uh, psychiatric help after watching United Passions for 30 minutes. Um, there's some awful things about Waterworld that I had been gl- kind of like glossing over in my personal <laughs> are, are memories. Are you giving up on your Kevin Costner's never made a bad movie? Is um, this the official death of that? Oh, no, Pod? no, no, no. I'm going to give up on it for like the next 15 minutes and then I'm going to pick up again exactly where I left <laughs> off. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. What's our criteria? Okay. Ooh, this is going to be fun. A good bad movie can be the highlight for a night. Throw a theme party for your pick. 
So, Chris, throw me that Waterworld theme party. All right, Ben. Um, you ever smelt uh, what what it what it smells like when you throw a bunch of tires into like uh, a pile and you throw some gasoline on it and you light it? Yes. Yes, you will at my party because we're going a hundred percent authentic with Waterworld Party. Okay, and by a hundred percent authentic, I mean we're gonna rent an ex- extravagant premise for this party. We're going to rent the actual premises that Waterworld was shot on, and at a great expense, we're going to move the remnants of the set from Universal Studios, where it is currently, I think, maybe it has stopped being, but it's currently a water-like show. We're going to move it back at great expense, Ben. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably a million, right? Mm -hmm. You are not allowed to get into this party unless you have been kind of living on the beach for like maybe a week. You gotta have that real salt crusty kind of like authentic, right? Uh, authentic look, um, crazy hair. <clears throat> Jack Black will be there, by the Ooh. way. Yeah, he's coming back. Uh, Kevin Costner will not be. Um, Kevin Costner, you know, um, I think he's too, he's too connected. He's, it's, too, it's too personal, right? He still loves this film so much. Uh, that he can't bear to see anything else happen. Uh, so we're going to get ourselves a Kevin and Co- Kevin Costner impersonator, maybe like seven of them. So um, a Kevin Impostner? A Kevin Impostner. We'll have them walk around the party. Um, <clears throat> jars of dirt and paper everywhere. Uh, just like kind of like you're, you're going away present for like when you leave the party is you'll get a jar of dirt or a jar of paper perhaps. Um, everything has to be bartered for. Um, so you might arrive with like maybe some scraps of lint in your pocket. You'll have to like barter those for a drink or threaten somebody in order to get a drink. Um, yeah, I, I can't, I haven't figured out yet how to get some people to kind of mutate and grow gills behind their ears so that we can get even further. Um, and, but I'm guessing that like maybe depending on the timeline for this party, just maybe, by the time it happens, it will be good practice because the ice caps will have melted either just through where they're going right now or with, like, the current political climate. Um, and so by the virtue of kind of, like, recreating a film about a post-apocalyptic water wasteland, if, if we get the timing just right, we might all be the very first functioning post-apocalyptic water world tribe. Mm. So that's what the party is. It's it's not necessarily, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a vault tech experiment, Ben. <laughs> I, I, I'm not necessarily trying to get people to uh, kind of like have fun so much as I just want them to be prepared because I think that water world is going to happen. Well, I'm going to do my part. We have some friends who work at Dow Chemical. I'm going to see what I can do about finding us some gill people. Excellent. All right, Jafer, throw me your theme party. Okay, so the key to a good theme party is getting everyone in costume. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and do most of the work for us. Oh. In Battlefield Earth, there are two factions. There are the Cyclos, who are the bad guy aliens, and then there are the destitute human remains mm-hmm. in the year 3000, because big round numbers. Yeah. Um. So instead of getting a bunch of people to dress up as their respective groups, everyone who attends the party is just going to dress in really dangy clothes that you're just going to rub in dirt. 
right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, how we get the Cyclos is instead of having people dress as them on purpose, we're just going to go to a goth club. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to try and describe what they look like here for those not familiar with the movie. Um, They basically have... Wait, are you implying there are people who haven't seen um, Battlefielder? I'm sure (laughs) it's happened. They basically have giant shoulder pads, um, giant cod pieces, and dreadlocks. So... Yeah. Uh, just going to a goth club, I'm so it's pretty like, sure we'll be set. It's like Mad Max meets uh, meets meets Klingons. Yeah, like yeah. a goth club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we're going to do that. So we're going to have this at a goth club. Um, I'm not going to say which one because uh, it doesn't really matter. Re- really any of them, I'm sure. Um, so what Wait, we're hold on a do... second. Wait, one minute. One minute. Oh, they also have colored contacts yeah. in. We have to mention that. Are the cycles we... have colored eyes. <laughs> are we certain that there is not a Scientologist goth club out there where people are already having this party? <laughs> that might that might be the case. I'm not not certain. There are other other things that human beings are holding parties to pre-enact, right? Like because this is something that happens in the future, definitely. We know this 100%. This, yeah. is, this is going to happen in the future, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, 100%. And there are other things that people are doing, like pre-enacting, like things like, um, well, like Waterworld, for instance. Yeah. So the other, the, the other half of this party, um, just to make it a little bit more authentic, um, all drinks are double-priced uh, because the budget for this movie was $70 million, and it only made 30 no. So, and uh, don't worry, John Travolta's covering the extra half, though. Personally, yeah. So you won't notice much of a difference. Do we know that John Travolta, John Travolta's gonna hurt? For isn't it. like destitute and homeless right now? Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty, pretty sure. I believe he still had a plane after this. Yeah, he was fine. He he still got um, that that uh, was it Wild Hogs money. Yeah. Oh, Wild Hogs, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I had forgotten about actually, Wild Hogs. He did Swordfish the year after, so John Travolta's fine. Okay. Um, that movie was almost worse than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> it <laughs> almost. Was, it was better received, at least. Um, yes. Yeah, the, the fun thing about Battlefield Earth is so it lost a shit ton of money, right? So you're just like, okay, well, all these poor people, well, they, you, at least they get to t- claim the tax credit, right? These poor movie producers who lost all this money on this terrible idea. Well, they actually falsified the movie budget, increasing it by $31 million and had to declare bankruptcy and got sued for tax fraud. So, no. My understanding Nothing is good that, came that out of that movie. very common uh, yeah. in the movie industry. I'm guessing whoever was the producers for that got miscavaged. Uh, so. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, the leader of the Scientologist Church is, uh, I believe, David Miscavige, and his wife has been missing for like 12 years. That is why they made that joke on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what it comes down to is that both of our parties are kind of, like, underpinned with a little bit of sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is about something that was shown and will happen, probably. And then Jafer's is about something that was shown and is, is almost certainly yeah. going to happen. Oh, yeah, 100%. Except for John Travolta, it won't be in the future, I don't think. Maybe. Heads and jars, man. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Um, but I think the big the big choice here between which party I'm going to, Jafar's yours had double price drinks. At Chris's, I just had to intimidate people to get drinks. <laughs> so I know where I'm going. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. All right, next match is Jafar versus Ben. Okay. 
I'd like to think that perhaps the, uh, the, the what won me that was that I moved the set of Waterworld from Universal Studios at great expense back to where it was originally placed. I would have actually rather gone to Universal Studios. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Jack Black was there. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Jafari Lockyer's in. Um, I think I'm going to go with Dragon Ball Evolution. Ooh, Dragon Ball Evolution is bad. It's real bad. So yes, what am I gonna what am I gonna do what when you... Dragon Ball Evolution they come for you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking bad boys, bad boys too. How fitting then. Oh. Writing a haiku. Get to the heart of your film. Poetry corner. tonight we have a very special dual performance head-to-head who will come out victorious on the themes of bad movies haikus they will write we start with Jafar the title of my poem is Dragon Ball Evolution 84 minutes James Masters said sorry. I'm so sorry, too. Excellent. I felt the pain on that one. Straight from the heart. Up next, we have... Ben. No one, no one else was able to see Chris get lost in the music there. <laughs> All right. Don't lose the bit, Ben. Do the poem. So, my poem is called We Ride Together, We Die Together. Erection subplot. Spin the camera one more time. What you gonna do? <laughs> Thank you all for coming. The judges are calculating scores. We can't cut this out because I'm dancing to the music right now, but the music is continuing to play. This day is going to Ben for his iconic last line. So chill, so cool. Excellent performances from both poets. Thank you for coming tonight. Please tell me that's public domain. It's a YouTube video. Fair use out the... Oh, no, <laughs> oh, so that's God the damn. end of the first round. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ben is in the lead with two points, Chris has one point, and Jafar has no points. <laughs> Moving on to the second round. First match is Chris versus Ben. Lock it in, boys. Okay. 
Um, this is tough. Is anybody feeling like, a little cold? Like, can we maybe turn the AC down? No, no, it's it's very warm out. It's summer, Chris. I'd like to not turn the AC down. Okay. That, I mean, was, it's, that, it's was cool. that an invitation for? No, it's cool. I'll just I'll, no. ju- I'll just chill on it. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't don't freeze out his bits like that, Javier. Oh oh, we're doing a. Okay. It really wasn't cool of you. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I'm 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 outsourcing the the puns to Ben right now because I'm not as good at them. Yeah, I mean so. ben, ben Pun King. We've we've established. All right, so that's. Batman and Robin. Thought so. All right, yeah. Ben. Okay. <laughs> Well, when uh, when dealing with one uh, muscle-bound, past-his-prime star in shoulder pads, going to go with another muscle-bound, past-his-prime star in shoulder pads, going Judge Dredd. <laughs> All right. Your criteria is, what's the best thing someone involved in the making of your movie could say about your movie? Okay. <clears throat> um, just just a tiny preamble here. I love Batman. I don't think this is a huge surprise to anybody at this table. It is not. It is not. Um, this film came out when I was at a very impressionable age. I received pogs of the characters. In this, in this film, um, I got a magazine sent to me um, by my grandma, I think. I think, I think she, she found it and sent it to me. It was just like stills from behind the scenes, like interviews and stuff like that. I think that maybe seeing Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy established a lifelong preference for redheads. Um, I could be wrong, but it feels, feels right. Um, as an adult, this film is not good. Um, with great sadness, I have to admit this. Um, they just went off the deep end. Uh, all of the neon colors of, of Batman Forever, I guess the directors really liked that, and they just... It's, it's a bizarre bit of, of, of strangely self-parodying. Um, like... Like, literally, they were parodying themselves from the movie that they had just released. Um, it's, it's bizarre. It breaks my heart. I think the best part of this movie, however, is probably the one that people find to be the worst, and that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger um, gets billing, gets prime billing. He gets billed before George Clooney in this film, which is nuts. It's ludicrous, right? When does the villain get billed before Batman? He is in this film for about 25 minutes on screen. During that time, do you want to take a guess at how many puns he lays out? 40. 27. Okay. He's only in the film for 25 minutes. So that's more than one a minute, yeah. (laughs) More than one a minute. 27. Do you know how much money he was paid for this film? $27 $27 million? About $25 million, Ben. So about $1 million per minute or a million per pun. He got paid almost a million dollars for every 
awful ice pun. Oh, that's the dream. I know. That's the dream. <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't gotten paid a dollar for any of the jokes that I've, you know, ma- I've made on this podcast. So I think that's the one thing that anybody probably could say. Because Lord knows George Clooney <laughs> did, not, uh, did not consider this movie a great addition to his... Um, Canon? His canon, his career. I think that, like, maybe his career kind of slowed down a little bit after this film until the Oceans thing, you know, Oceans 11 kind of picked it back up. This career was, this, sorry, this film was devastating to almost everybody in it. Um, like, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. What happened to Alicia, Alicia Silverstone? I don't know. <laughs> Legally Blonde too. <laughs> All right, so to be clear, um, the, the, to, the criteria, your answer was, I got paid a million dollars a pun? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The most important thing to remember about the Judge Dredd, uh, Steve, uh, Sylvester Stallone movie is that Rob Schneider is in about... 80% of it. <laughs> he is in al- almost as much of the movie as Sylvester Stallone. All right. They are together for about the last for about the last 75% of it and the first 25% of it some of it is just Rob Schneider. Okay. I think the best thing that anybody could say about this is Rob Schneider saying I starred in an action movie, <laughs> and I wasn't the worst thing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um... I mean, by way of rebuttal, Arnold Schwarzenegger got paid nearly a million dollars per pun, and it is the worst outing of his puns that he's ever done. The weakest one-liners of his whole career. And his career was dominated by one-liners. There's not a single good one in this film. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the the worst one is still from the end of Commando when he throws a steam pipe through a guy and says, "Let off some steam." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rob Schneider being able to claim he starred in an action movie and wasn't the worst part of it is just the kind of bravado I was hoping for from this answer. Like, I've read a lot about this. Everybody's apologetic. Nobody says anything bad about Rob Schneider. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one's going to bed. Also, they need to make a sequel with co- the, to the Carl Urban movie, because that one was great. Uh, they are? Didn't, it, didn't Netflix pick up something? It's been talked about making a sequel, making a TV show, and making an animated series. I'm pretty sure they're doing... Okay, so Artie Shakar is the guy who made that. And he's also the guy who did the YouTube gritty reboot stuff. Yeah. So um, Eddie Brock Truth in Journalism, uh, Punisher, Dirty Laundry, um, the Power Rangers gritty reboot um, that came out a number of years ago now. All that stuff is him. Mm-hmm. And there, he did Netflix Castlevania as like the first thing in his mm. Netflix contract. And season two of that's coming out soon. And I think after that, he's doing something dread. 
Because he's he's signed on for a couple of things with Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's I'd exciting. I'd have to go back and watch like his YouTube vlogs. Do you think if we know. keep saying nice things about Netflix, they'll give us some money? I'm, I am <laughs> sure as fuck hoping. They got enough of it. I mean, like Netflix, you're doing you're doing good. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's here's this is for free Netflix, Netflix, because you don't have to leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next match. Oh, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, hold on. No, no, okay. 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 <laughs> Netflix. Perfect the butt-shaped mold in your couch. <laughs> Netflix. You didn't want to see a real person anyways, did you? <laughs> Netflix. Because the cashier at the rental place might make eye contact. <laughs> Netflix. You know I'm still watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now it is uh, Chris versus Jaffer. Jaffer versus Chris. Jaffer yes. versus Chris. All right. Chris, or who's locking in first? I am. Jafar. And I'm going to go ahead and lock in Undercover Brother. Ooh. I'm going to lock in something I should never have been allowed to draft. Um, you guys know that I love it too much. Um, it also features Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, indeed it does. <laughs> I'm going jingle all the way, baby. Straight to the fucking Turboverse. All right. Even bad movies get worse knockoffs. Pitch the straight-to-DVD ripoff of your movie. <laughs> okay. All right, Jafar. Knock me off, Undercover, bro- Undercover Brother. Okay, so Undercover Brother is a knockoff of black exploitation films, right? Mm-hmm. It's I don't even want to say knockoff. Undercover Brother is an homage to black exploitation films. So what I'm going to do with my knockoff of the homage is completely missed the point. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get, so it's undercover brother. If you actually pay attention to the plot is about the brotherhood, um, trying to take down the man. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you've got some spy elements. You've got people who are, you know, pretending to be in other roles, you know, the undercover aspect. So instead of undercover brother, I'm going to do Undercover Grandpa. Right? Okay. Um, I'm going to get James Kahn to be Undercover Grandpa. Ooh. Right? Hmm. Um, we'll get Jessica Walter. Uh, we'll get Paul Sorvino. Um, you know, we'll get Kenneth Welsh. We'll, we'll, we'll do it up. Right? Um, we're going to do this. And um, we'll have the Russians kidnap someone uh, because... Once again, we're gonna miss the point about trying. You know, once we remove the the black exploitation and we just kind of shift it to a bunch of old white people, what are old white people afraid of? Russians. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go ahead and run it <laughs> through that. Um, you know, there'll be a kidnapping. They'll have to infiltrate a base and save them. You know, and then um, Grandpa and I don't know, probably his grandson at the end because that just makes sense. Will uh, <laughs> save the day. Um, you know, get out and, uh, 
everyone uh, gets the uh, happy ending, and it's just shit. Um, all the things that make Undercover Brother great, the comedy, gone, the social commentary, gone, all the gone. homage <laughs> of uh, black exploitation gone. This sounds pretty terrible, right? Yeah. This movie came out last year. What? It was a straight-to-DVD release in Canada. Came out last year. Real movie. Undercover Grandpa? There's the Wikipedia article. I made nothing up about that film. Oh, fuck. It did sound a little too fleshed out for... (laughs) 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 Oh, it has a runtime of 99 minutes. Couldn't even hit three figures. No. Oh. No, the only thing I'm changing about that movie, or I guess implying, is that it is a ripoff. Oh, man. Of the 2000s classic Undercover Brother. Okay, I was wondering why I didn't know who Kenneth Welsh is. <laughs> He's a Canadian TV actor. Okay. <laughs> I think one person in our audience somewhere was just like, Ooh, Kenneth. Oh, Kenneth Welsh. Well, you guys will know them. He's Wyndham Earl in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know who he was. Gotcha. Um, okay. Undercover Grandpa. Yep. All right. Oh, that's real bad. Okay, Chris. Somehow pitch a sequel to Jingle All the Way? <laughs> a straight a straight to DVD sequel. I wonder. Jingle All the Way. If you get the Jingle All the Way rights, you're not making straight to DVD. Okay. You want to you want to put that maybe, in a, in a thousand theaters. Right, maybe we throw a super famous comedian like Larry the Cable Guy in there. And just, you know, somebody who's over as heck with everybody. Oh, yeah, like um, maybe one of those wrestler guys? Santino Morella. Perfect. <laughs> everybody loves the Cobra. Okay, can you please re- re- reread the criteria for me? But of course. I'm going to need to alter a little bit. <laughs> yep. Even bad movies get worse knockoffs. Pick, pitch the straight-to-DVD ripoff of your movie. Okay, so it has to be a ripoff. Yes. It cannot be Turboverse-related? Uh, I mean, Turbo Man I transcends mean, Jingle All the Way. I mean, Turbo Man transcends Jingle All the Way, but I feel like it can't be Turboverse-related that puts it in sequel-prequel territory. But if it wanted to be, like, Unispeed or something... Unispeed? You know, the Speed Universe. That's the shorthand for Speedman, the famous superhero. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you something right now, Chris, and you're just not picking it up. I, I've never heard of that reference. And that's because <laughs> it's not real. I'm making Turbo Man, Speed Man, Speed Verse, Turbo Verse. Okay. Never mind, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I was not picking Fuck up it. what you were putting oh, down. God. Okay. I'm just going to drink this beer and back into a corner. <laughs> okay. Uh... I can say it can be Turboverse adjacent. Adjacent? Yes. Okay. Kind of took the wind down my sails because I was going to just follow you and do Jingle all the way too. <laughs> but then you guys went off on a roll on it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. When you hit goals, you don't stop. Gotcha. I will say, if you just want to do Jingle all the way too, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys, you guys took off on it. Okay. I think, I got, I think I've got it. So, Chris, pitch me that movie. Okay, so um, I'm going to actually tie some things together. So uh, we're going to keep the, the same premise, right? We've got 
the the coolest toy of uh, of of the Christmas season. Um, that toy is of a of a superhero, mm-hmm. right? And that toy is being pursued by a borderline neglectful dad at the last moment possible who gets into all sorts of hijinks, right? Um, and then the other thing we can't forget, star-studded cast. Because Jesus Christ, I forgot how many famous people are in Jingle All the Way. Oh, yeah. Vern Troyer is in Jingle All the Way, uncredited. Mm. <laughs> like, even some of the people who don't get credit for being in this film turned up to be, like, pretty famous on their own right. Um, you've got, like, Jim Belushi plays one of the Santas. The Big Show is in this movie. I don't know if you knew that, but The Big Show plays one of the huge, muscly Santas. That explains there was already a WWE connection. Yeah. <laughs> so. I wonder if he reprised his role. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what we need here is a company that wants to capitalize on something but totally misses the point. I think missing the point is a good, a good device here. Um, so something that happened recently is that Marvel had a ton of very successful cinematic films all tied together in their own universe. Mm-hmm. And DC did not, mm-hmm. despite their best efforts. I really hope they weren't its best efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So I'm going to say that DC is getting in on the action for this one. Um, so the toy of the season, it's a Batman toy. All right. <laughs> um, it's just as cool as the Turbo Man action figure. Um, it has gadgets, like, a, like, a, like a, a grappling hook. It's got the cape that extends into a glider. It's the coolest like toy you've ever seen, right? Playing the, um, playing the father, the uh, borderline neglectful father who forgets to get this toy for his son, um, Fuck it, Dolph Lundgren. Um, we need hmm. we need somebody, right? Um, Dolph Lundgren uh, is going to be, um, and then he's, he's going to be the, the the father. We need to cast the kid. I think to be even uh, to be to be just as colorblind and as uh, awful as DC is. We're going to cast um, five years ago Bruce Wayne from Gotham. The, that kid, David Mazuz, just to like kind of piss off people who want to see Batman even further. Um, so David Mazuz, Dolph Lundgren, clearly this is a couple years ago because David Mazuz is now kind of like a little young adult dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dolph Lundgren is dead? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I just haven't seen Dolph Lundgren in a while, so I kind of like... Was... You need to watch some Expendables, man. Okay, so Dolph Lundgren is trying to get the Batman toy for his son, who the audience sees and knows is Bruce Wayne, but the movie won't let be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> um, we need somebody slightly ethnic with a little bit of, like, comedy chops to pick up the the foil, right, the the postman. So we're going to go with LL Cool J, because he's hip, and he can do some some cool comedy, comedy, uh, co- comedy bits. Um, so basically... Oh right! I forgot to I forgot to cast the neighbor that's trying to fuck the dude's wife. <laughs> How yes. could I forget to do that? Um, so Phil Hartman was was of course the yes. excellent. Um, what's another Phil? Phil Spector. 
Phil Spector, Phil Lamar. I like <laughs> Phil Lamar. We'll do Phil Lamar. Yeah. So Phil Lamar is Phil the... Spector. I think is busy. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil Lamar is playing the um, the single father next door uh, who's always there, um, constantly trying to like sleaze his way into uh, the wife. Uh, who's the wife? Michelle Pfeiffer. Fuck it. Let's throw in everything that Batman fans will want and totally frustrate them over, right? So we, um, they're, they're fighting for this toy. They go to the mall. They run into a couple of cameo people. We'll throw, like, fucking Michael Keaton at them. Val Kilmer will be, like, a clerk or, like, a manager saying, like, oh, you can't get this toy, right? Blah, blah, blah. George Clooney will just be a businessman who gets Dolph Lundgren, like, kind of rushes past him. He spills his coffee on him. He's like, hey, what would the blah, 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 right? And then you get to the cl- the final climactic battle scene, and you have LL Cool J. Um, let's say that he's in a a Killer Croc getup. Mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren puts on a just a hair too small Batman suit. <laughs> um, it's really stretched, um, and it's one of those like uh, early like early '90s Batman suits where it's kind of just like latex and it doesn't really oh, move yeah. that well no. and it's and this is shot in full daylight so you can tell exactly and it's also like he can't move his 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 neck he can't move his head right because that that back cowl is just like totally restricts motion so you can tell that every time he needs to look at something he has to move his whole body um so yeah so he fights they, they fight um and then there's like a, a functioning bat hook right and he like grapples up to the top of the building and he's like they're fighting like actual batman and, and Killer Croc. And he gets, the, he gets the toy. He hands it off to Bruce Wayne, but he's not Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne uh, is like, oh, this is the wrong toy, sorry. <laughs> I'm not a Batman fan. I actually wanted this other toy. Uh. I don't know. I kind of like got disheartened in the middle of that because I started seeing how real it could be. I mean, you could have made it so much worse. Like, it could have been starring Chris O'Donnell <laughs> um, with little Bruce Wayne and, uh, if not Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Alicia Silverstone as the mom. Uh, and That's then you, you threw the other Batmans in there. Oh, man. And, uh, see, I want to see that movie. I don't want to see Undercover Grandpa. <laughs> so I'm giving it to Undercover Grandpa. <laughs> Thank you. And I also know what I'm getting you for Secret Santa this year. Uh, is it Bon Comp Bad Cop? It is Bon Comp Bad Cop! <laughs> we need to get that and do a, a commentary track for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next match and the last match of the second round is Ben versus Jaffer. Okay. All right. Well... We gotta it's come, lock them in. Yeah, yeah, it's come down to this. I know exactly what I'm taking uh, because I know what you have left. And it's it's got to go down this way. I'm taking Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I got to take Street Fighter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Navy SEALs. Sorry, Santa Slay. Oh, can I make a change to my... I, I don't need to win, but can I make a change real quick to my last pitch? Oh, yeah. Okay, so David Mazou's... Bruce Wayne, but like fuck you, he's not Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he's like he sees the Batman, so he's like, oh, this wasn't what I wanted. He tosses it down, and then magically another dude walks across the screen 
in Turbo Man's armor and hands him a Turbo Man toy. Tied into the Turboverse. Batman is in the Turboverse now. Okay. I just have to ask, though, is Diedrich Bader in it? Of course. Okay, good. All right. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Save it for our new podcast. Three, Pitching two, the Turboverse. One. Fight. What makes the best date movie? <laughs> All right. So, we've got Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Only two cast members have returned from the first Mortal Kombat movie. Only Luke, uh, Luke Kang and Katana are the same people. Everyone else is played by somebody new. Sonya, somebody new. Jax, somebody new. Um, Sub-Zero, somebody new. Scorpion, somebody new. Johnny Cage, somebody new. And the plot is so thin, it's like something you'd serve prisoners. It's bad. There is nothing to it. And you know what? The CGI is bad. The Everything about this movie is so bad, you don't need to pay attention to it. And you don't feel guilty for pe- not paying attention to it. Okay. So, you know what? No one is going to yell if you're talking in the movie. No, you're not going to miss anything if you spend a few minutes, you know, in close conversation, whispering to each other, maybe a little kiss on the neck. You know what? You don't care if, hey, it's been 45 minutes, I'm feeling like I got to go to the bathroom, and instead of sitting here uncomfortably for the next hour because I got to pay attention, (laughs) you just get up and go. You know what? You get your lady a refill on her popcorn because you're a good guy. And you know what? Maybe she gets up because she wants a refill on her soda, too. And what then you kind know what? of psychopaths are you? Nobody gets up in the fucking movies to get popcorn like that. When it's this bad, you know what? Maybe you do get up. And then, you know what? You're both in the lobby anyway. How about we just go to Red Lobster? I don't, I don't, hold on a second. Do you get up in the movies to get popcorn, Jafar? I have. I've gotten up in the movies maybe... Four times ever in a theater, like in an actual theater, I went to go see a movie. Maybe four times ever. Three times were because the, I got too large of a soda and I saw seeing an extended <laughs> movie and I just yeah. had to pee. No questions. Very quick, in out kind of a deal. And the fourth time was when I saw AI and I was in the miserable last act of it. Um, okay. And I went, and I think I got popcorn. <laughs> I was literally the only person in the theater at the time. I was at, like, a matinee of AI. I was, like, on summer break from high school. Okay. It was a whole thing. Do you do, you do this often, Ben? Not often. Okay. But. No, I agree. Ben's a monster. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's. I just, I, wanted, I, I needed to, to pursue that line of questioning. Well, there's, there's... I needed to make sure, Ben, that I wasn't doing a podcast with somebody who just routinely gets up whenever they need to to get popcorn in a movie theater. There, there are two, two lines on a graph, and one of them is your desperate need to pee and your ability to enjoy the movie. And eventually you hit a point where your need to pee has made it so you can't enjoy the movie anymore. Yeah, true dad. And that's when, when I normally get up. But if a movie does not require your full attention, I'm not going to worry about getting up and getting my lady a refill of her popcorn. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe some snow caps. Okay, yeah, you're a monster. Snow caps are awful. Okay, fair. Why are you hating on snow caps? Hey, hey, it's my turn. All right, so 
my argument is actually very similar to Ben's. <laughs> God um, damn it! But hold on, but hold on, it doesn't involve leaving the movie. In... And he gets juju bees instead of snow caps. No, I no, guess. no, no, it doesn't involve leaving the movie at all. Okay, so why, why don't Street you guys Fighter get starbursts? Because I'm not too many rappers in the middle of the movie. Okay, I'm not unwrapping individual starbursts. One, one Junior Mints beforehand when oh. you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Junior Mints. Junior Mints. Yeah. Two Starburst. I like Starburst, but they I have agree un- with they, ben they have unwrapped rappers. ones now. Oh, that in, might in be. the movies. Okay, that might be. Wouldn't that just turn into a single sugar mass? That's why they're so air conditioned. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Street Fighter. We're, date work, movie. we're working out a lot of shit in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter is a great date movie because, like Ben's, you could ignore it, but. Unlike Ben's, it has, one, the possibility to actually get someone to go on a date to go see it with you. <laughs> um, excuse me. I got somebody to go on a date with me to see Wolverine Origins. I got the game to get anybody to see any movie ever. And she ended up marrying you, so let's not comment on her judgment. Oh. So. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. Anyways. It's hard to judge something if it worked once and then you never had to do it again, right? 100% success rate. Right. I'm going to get to my fucking <laughs> argument. Okay, so. Street Fighter, you can actually get someone to go see. Oh, you want to go see the new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Okay. Oh, Kylie Minogue, the pop singer? She's in that? Okay, cool. Raul Julia? Wasn't he Gomez? Okay, I'll go see this movie. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I just need to make it clear that this is something that only fucking happens in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, this is retroactive, yes. Yeah, the other, the other thing that makes Street Fighter a better date movie than Mortal Kombat Annihilation is besides not having to pay attention to it, it also provides some... Eye candy, if you will. You've got uh, Kylie Minogue as Cammy running I'm around in sure a one piece bathing suit. It is Minogue. It's Minogue. Is it Minogue? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I apologize. I understand. I, so, I don't think she'll be too upset with you. <laughs> <laughs> if she is, I'm deeply sorry. Um, I listened to your music a lot in high school. Anyways, um, she was on Galavant. That figures. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's great. Anyways, um, you know, you've got Jean Claude Van Damme in the n- early 90s. You know, you've got some. Eye candy that might be a little bit more mood setting for some after movie activities, Wait a as second. opposed to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where the plan is to meet in the lobby halfway through and go to Red Lobster. Um, which you know is, is that so, a, wait a second th- that's that, part of his pitch. That's yeah. part of pitch. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, we've been in the weeds for a while. We, I were, we were in the weeds, and I got really upset about getting up for popcorn and. <laughs> And leaving in the middle of the movie to go to Red Lobster. Um, so I think well, Street Fighter is by the contrast, better movie. By contrast, it seems like you might be pitching that you're going to have sex in the movie theater <laughs> after the film. <laughs> Not in the movie theater. <laughs> okay. Not in the movie theater. Okay, that's rude to the other patrons. It's it's more rude to the ushers. It's really. more disrespectful <laughs> to the memory of Raul Julia. <laughs> Wait, is, all, Ra- all, is Raul Julia dead? Red, he that jo- movie he died like. Much. Street Fighter, he died like two days after finishing production on that movie. Oh, I, I had no idea. Street Fighter was so bad, it killed Raw Julia. <laughs> like, it's a bad movie. Okay. But if you don't pay that much attention to it, you Ra- know. Raw Julia alive, or dead. Dolph Lundgren alive. You got him. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Which Celebrities Are Dead Now? <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs>
I'm sorry. So Sorry, I, now I'm just thinking about David Bowie, and I'm sad. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. all right. I get to go to the museum next weekend. I'm very excited. That's awesome. Okay, so after the movie... Yeah, you, you know, you, you've seen some athletic-looking people in tight clothing do athletic stuff for a couple hours that are famous and good-looking, as opposed to watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay. My quick rebuttal to that, everything in Mortal Kombat Annihilation looks like garbage, so you, in real life, look better by comparison. <laughs> like, they try to be sexy in, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. There is a whole mud fight that manages to both be unsexy and crass. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, you're not going to be able to stand up to you know Jean-Claude Van Damme or even about to die Raul Julia. So, like, I'm, I'm not trying to stand up to, you know, good movie stars. I'm standing up to <laughs> movies starring bad actors in somebody's backyard. Ben, I don't want to comment on the fact that you're basically saying settle for me right now. Oh, no. I, I understand but... how to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be, to be fair, somebody chose to marry him after seeing Wolverine Origins. He's got it down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I have a confession to make. Uh, that will influence um, how I judge this, and that is that I have seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I have not seen Street Fighter. We've Ooh. watched Street Fighter together. I must have blocked it out. <laughs> well, I know for a fact we did. I, we did it as a six-pack Saturday once. Did we? I owned the DVD, dude. We've watched Street Fighter, I promise. Okay, well... I mean, we were drinking. My So my memories uh, might be failing me, but... I can remember Mortal Kombat Annihilation and the thought of trying to ha like pursue a date through that movie <laughs> is making me feel like maybe I just won't ever find love. <laughs> um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it to Street Fighter maybe just because I've blocked it out of my memory. Um, <laughs> That's fair. As somebody who took a date to Wolverine Origins, I would not take a date to Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> Man, your life story could be so different, Ben, if you had chosen the wrong film. Yeah. If you had chosen a good movie and never gone back and watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you might not be married right now. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. The important thing is that we thank Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for let's, being so good let's to do, redeem. Thank you, Val Kilmer. Thank you, Val Kilmer. Let's let's do a little bit of uh, a little bit of like maybe um, for want of a nail here and see whatever what what other movies Ben could have taken his wife to see that maybe she wouldn't have wifed uh, to him that same weekend. Yeah, what so, else was out that weekend? Let's see. Yeah, Wolverine Origins. <clears throat> so Wolverine Origins came out May of two thousand nine. So let's see what what other movies came out. The in next. May of week after uh, X-Men Origins came out, and assuming you didn't get to go see it opening weekend. It was opening week. Was it? Mm hmm Okay, well, the next week, Star Trek, the reboot came out. Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. And imagine if that was your your second date. Considering... You might have never got her to sit down for DS9. <laughs> yeah, considering nine years like on... that movie. Well, it took you nine years of living with this woman to kind of get her around to Star Trek, right? That's fair. Starting out with Star Trek, it might not have worked. Um... The week after that, we have Angels and Demons, uh, which is uh, Da Vinci Code, right? That's like yeah. the sequel to Da Vinci. Is that the second or third one? That's the second one. 
That might have worked in your favor. Yeah, we were both religion majors. That one might have worked. Yeah, that one could have worked. Um, the week after that, though, you've got Terminator oh, Salvation. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the week after that, you've got um, one of the Night at, Museum, Night at the Museum movies. Okay. I can I mean, see. I, maybe, I think that maybe Night at the Museum is kind of like a, a quantum vortex of, like, there's so many variables there. Who knows you know, what would have happened? I really need to see those movies. Um, <laughs> and if we go another week after that, you have Up. Which we did see together. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Which was not great because the intro to that is very sad, and I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moral of the story here is that the movie ultimately doesn't matter. It just matters who you're with. Love. As long as it's not Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we move on to the finals. Okay. We finish up the round. Ben, you had three points and are in first. Jafer, I'm at two points in second. And Chris, you got one. Drats. That's what you get for drafting good movies. I don't understand. You, were, you, you broke that seal. You were the first to play hearts, sir. I don't want to hear it. I don't understand. hearts? You know, in hearts, hearts is broken. I've never played hearts. Heart, okay, so hearts. We don't need to go into okay. it. <laughs> I don't understand why I have gotten this cool reception. <laughs> it chills <laughs> me to the bone that you wouldn't you wouldn't judge for any of my super ice picks. I don't snow. Ice picks was a double pun. I hope you were you were paying attention there because nice picks, but also ice picks is a thing. We it's got a it. Double pun. I, I I followed Chris. I promise. Me me explaining that pun right. That was a better pun than any of the ice puns in Batman and Robin. Okay, we're skiing around things right now. Let's get back to the fucking... <laughs> All right, we got to lock them in. Okay, so it is the finals. All right. You're in the lead, Ben. You get first pick. First pick. I kind of wanted to, to bring in my Navy SEALs, but that movie is both bad and kind of bland. And I feel like it'll be leaving, I'm, I'm not leaving too much on the table by not picking it, even though I do love Michael Bain. Um, so I'm going to go for the movie so long, it deserves two picks, Bad Boys 2. If you're going to go Bad Boys 2, you know what, I didn't really get to speak about this movie at all when I talked about it earlier, and I really do have a couple things I want to say about it, so I think I'm going to go with Undercover Brother. All right. And because I didn't pick one of my picks, I'm going to be judging this round as David Lynch uh, from the era of Dune. So oh, God. <clears throat> let me get into character real quick. Oh, <laughs> damn, some that's... Gel. Some moose, Wait. perhaps. Quick second. I was writing this when you mentioned your last one to me, and I forgot what it was. And it was supposed to be which film would be uh, helped by the addition of more sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The final criteria. Make one change to your movie. Who improved it the most will win this category. Okay. So I'm going first. Yeah. No. 
I'm sorry, that's just what David Lynch says whenever he's asked about something in an interview. It's great. <laughs> no, it's tedious no, and annoying. It's it's fantastic. Some people are like, hey, can you talk a little bit about the story in this blah blah? I'd be like, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so the biggest problem with Bad Boys 2 is it's about half an hour too long. The action scenes are some of the best Michael DeBay has ever done. And I think some of the set pieces are so great, it makes you forget how just bloated it is. And my first reaction is to say, just cut out Cuba. Just have the final showdown be at the, the dilapidated, falling apart Spanish mansion he has. But there are some really fun set pieces in Cuba. So I'm going to say we cut out the erection subplot. Because <laughs> there is a good 15 minutes of that movie devoted to the fact that uh, uh, Marcus can't get an erection. And it's not necessary, and it hasn't aged well. And I believe that getting rid of it, one, makes the movie age better, and it cuts the runtime down so that we don't have to deal with some of the weird side effects of that subplot, such as uh, watching him run around uh, Joey Pantoliano's house high on ecstasy. <laughs> I think that perhaps if you were to cut the film to only the erection subplot, that perhaps that film could have done very well at Cannes Film Festival. Jaffer. All right. So I'm going to focus for a moment on all of the great things that this movie does. So that way we can emphasize by removing what I need to that it will be better because it's basically everything that's left. Um, so we've got uh, Undercover Brother uh, going undercover for a while as um, a like successful businessman um, and having to eat white people food that he uses, that he, he manages <laughs> to get funny. over the mayonnaise. Oh, um, damn it, with... he stayed in, in character for my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that the fucking... Hot sauce he has a hot watch. sauce watch. He has a hot sauce watch. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> go ahead, get back into character. I don't mean to interrupt, sir. Um, he has his uh, hot sauce in his, his fucking watch. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we have Billy D. Williams, who is a successful military general who um, is going to be running for president. Um, and this is in the Bush era, so it's kind of, you know, that was still a thing. Um, and not that it isn't a thing. I'm, just, I'm not going to get lost in that shit right now. A, but, wi a wise choice, uh, perhaps. But he does get brainwashed into selling fried chicken and malt liquor by the man. Um, and that is, that is a travesty. Uh, but it is something that is um, speaking to prevalence in culture there uh, that, you know, you can overwrite someone's personality with a stereotype. It's, and it's that, hard to do theme. a blaxploitation film without blaxploitation. Yes. Um, Neil Patrick Harris um, rips someone's heart out of their chest and then rips someone else's spines out and then squishes a third person's head. So we're talking uh, about the end of How I Met Your Mother? Pretty much, yeah. Um, Eddie Griffin uh, jump kicks someone traversing 40 feet while screaming earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> All of these moments are great. Um, 
there's one uh, behind every black man is the police or probable cause. Uh, hilarious moments. Lots of good stuff in this movie. There's one thing that I really want to get rid of in this movie. And is a particular character who we can cut. Um, this character is the assistant to the man. He is um, considered a like conniving weasel dude who secretly wants to be hip, but is too into it, the man and the business, to be able to. Um, this character as a concept is okay, but the main issue, the main tragedy of this character is that he's played by Chris Kattan. Um, and it's Chris Kattan and his notorious overacting, which in some scenarios is fine, uh, but in this takes away from the levity of the movie that could actually maybe be trying to communicate something through a interesting medium by an homage to black exploitation films, and instead you just see Chris Kattan doing weird things with his hands all the time, and this movie is neglected by culture for it. So the judgment comes down to, essentially, one film from which you would remove an erection subplot, and another film from which you would remove the actor Christopher Catan. Faced with a similar quandary myself, I disowned the film Dune, which I had made some time ago and have not seen ever since. However, Chris Kattan is a terrible actor. And so this time I am going to judge for Jaffer. Well, he's on character. Still don't like uh, Lynch, <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> All right. I don't like you either, Benjamin. Well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win for me. Chris, you're in third, so you'll get first pick in the next draft. And Ben, you get to pick the next topic. For the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We've been doing this for six months. <laughs> More than. Never come in second. <laughs> All right. Um, you need the list. I'm going to pull up the list. Is, that, is it on the Google Drive? Yeah, it's on the G Drive. I can pull it up real quick. So Ben, while you're thinking about uh, which topic to pick... I would just like to own up to the fact that maybe doing my judgments in character as David Lynch was uh, it was it was a it was a choice that I took. Um, it was a little bit of a reach. I hope that I did it well. Um, but uh, if David Lynch is listening to our podcast, I just like to say, um, you know, no hard feelings. No, he he judged against me. Hard feelings. Fuck you, David Lynch. I don't want to create uh, like a feud with... Actually, you know what? Creating a feud with David Lynch, Lynch might be real interesting. It might be great. Okay. Um, okay. I've already figured out what I'm going to pick. Okay. Uh, so, in, in, uh, in accordance with what is probably my favorite thing on this list, and the thing that I've done that annoys Chris the most, I'm going to beer. We're doing the draft draft. Oh, the draft draft. <laughs> All right. So the way this will work is next time we will draft our favorite beers and then for our competition we will all be bringing in those beers and we will be drinking them. Funny. Uh, one question though. Is it draft D-R-A-F-T 
or D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Is the D-R-A-U-G-H-T, D-R-A-F-T. Okay, so, so we're going with the, the European slash English spelling. Yes. yes. Gotcha. If only for simplicity slash word, double word <laughs> errors. Yeah. I don't want Microsoft Word. I don't want Clippy to come up and yell at me for having draft draft. Yeah. And so it looks like you're sense. getting drunk. <laughs> Can Clippy come? <laughs> <laughs> so tune in next time for the exciting first episode of The Draft Draft. As always, thank you to the band named after a kickstand for their song, which is used in the introduction, which is used in the introductory portion of this episode, which is called How It Feels. And how it feels, of course, is a very important question to ask yourself whilst going to bandcamp.com and downloading their fine music. And feel free to email us at drafttheuniverse at gmail.com and tell us how ice this podcast is. Fuck you. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Join the conversation with us on twitter.com slash drafttheuniverse. Follow us on Twitter at DraftTheVerse and use the hashtag DraftTheUniverse on both platforms to communicate. We really appreciate it. Um, we just had someone catch up on it and listen to our Rock Albums podcast and throw out their list. That's exactly the kind of stuff we love to see and we want to talk to all of you about. So keep that up. We appreciate it. Thank you. Rock on. Let's, let's get to You guys are going too slow. You're going at a glacial pace here. Okay, Goodbye. So, <laughs> so podcast over then, right? It was fun. It was fun while we could make this work, Ben, but unfortunately, this is the end. It's so hard to believe in the flow has No one Piccolo comes for you.